The episode you are about to listen to was really intended to be watched as a video. You'll probably hear that as I'm talking through these things in this episode, I'm annotating and making markings on the passages and showing things on the screen. So if you would like to watch this episode, I'll make sure to include a link to the video version in the show notes of this episode. But either way, whether you choose to watch or listen, I do hope that the information is beneficial and a blessing to you. My name is Jordan Hatfield. Great Light Studios is a platform where I seek to help people encounter in the scriptures the God of peace, life, and light, who I think is often concealed by flawed doctrines, theological systems, and just general misunderstandings of biblical texts. I attempt to offer critiques and corrections to what I consider to be harmful theological systems, doctrines, or organizations, and to provide resources for those who have been negatively impacted by them, hopefully helping them to see that it is possible to realize the Bible and the God who is revealed in it in a whole new way. And I want this to be a place where people learn that it is okay for followers of Jesus to ask hard questions, to wrestle and struggle with different biblical passages and concepts. It's okay even to be a Christian while having doubts and unanswered questions. And I hope to help people realize that it is possible to lovingly and respectfully hold differing opinions and theological views from others without perceiving them as enemies. The video I'm about to play is actually a series of three shorter videos that I made several years ago on the topic of who God's sheep are from the Gospel of John and chapters like John 10 uh, and other places where God's sheep are referenced. So this is something that is used by Calvinists very often to teach the doctrine of unconditional election. And so I thought it'd be good to take these three shorter videos that I made a few years ago, condense them into one video, just because I think there's some information in here that I wanted to reshare again. Yeah, that's what this video will be. I'll put links in the description of the video below if you're interested in watching more of my videos on this topic. This is something that I want to cover more. Um, right now, I just haven't had a whole lot of time to make new videos. And so I just thought I'd pull out some of the older material I have and reshare that for people who, who may have missed it when I first posted it. Who are God's sheep and how does a person come to be God's sheep? That's a very important topic um, in the whole discussion of Calvinism and uh, the debate surrounding God's sovereignty. And so uh, those are the questions I want to look at today. So John 10, 25 through 30, Jesus is talking to the Jews and he says, I told you and you do not believe the works that I do in my father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. Um, my sheep so we see two categories here. We see those who are and those who are not God's sheep. And uh, we've seen that those who are not God's sheep, 
who are not Jesus's sheep, that they uh, do not believe because they are not among his sheep. And he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I and the father are one. I and the father are one. So Jesus says here clearly that there are sheep that um, in another verse, we see that these sheep belong to the father and God gives them to the son. So the question obviously that arises from this is who, who are they? Who are these sheep? And again, how do you become one of these sheep? Before we answer the question of who God's sheep are, uh, I want to look at who I believe they are not and, and what I do not think that that this passage is trying to communicate. And, and so what I have here is a quote from uh, John Piper. Um, and I want to read what he says, what his interpretation, and this, I believe, reflects what is the common uh, Calvinistic interpretation of who God's sheep are. And then I want to, I'm going to read this quote from him. And then we're going to see, I think pretty quickly what problems arise from this sort of interpretation of who God's sheep are. And so, so this is from an article before you believed you belonged. Uh, so for those of you who are familiar with this argument, you probably already know uh, what he's getting at here. So um, I want to say up front again, um, I, repeat myself a lot on this, I think, but I love John Piper. I love him as a brother and I respect him in, in different ways, even as a father in the faith, I think that he's been to me in, in different areas. Um, I've really gained a lot and been benefited a lot from so much of his ministry and still do. But uh, I just happen to strongly disagree with these issues, and I think these issues are important, and I think there's a responsibility to um, to give a reply to some of these things because um, he's got a very loud microphone as it uh, in the way of being able to communicate these uh, concepts and his interpretation of them, and so so I say that again to say that I I I love him. I'm I don't hate him or or want to harm him or anything like that. I'm not out to get him. I just want to offer out a response to what I believe is uh, his untrue and and misinterpretation of, of this concept of who God's sheep are. So he says, uh, in reference to uh, the scriptures in John about God's sheep. So he, he uh, uh, it's talking about his elect ones that the father has chosen and the father will give them to the son when he calls them. We know this because of verse 26, you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. So John Piper says, so believing is what proves you are a sheep, uh, not the other way around. You don't believe and thus are turned into a sheep. John says you don't believe because you aren't my sheep. In other words, my elect ones, my sheep that the Father has chosen, will hear my voice and will follow me, and that will prove that they are elect. My sheep hear my voice means my elect are enabled by God to hear the truth, the true shepherd when the gospel is preached. So I have sort of a timeline here to 
hopefully uh, will help bring clarity to the contrast between what John Piper's view is, what he's presenting here, and what uh, my view is. So, so the timeline here, this is a person's physical birth. This is where he's born into the world. And so this point here uh, represents the point in time when a believer is actually saved, comes to faith, and comes into a relationship and union with Christ would be this point here later on in his life. So if, if you're not hearing what John Piper's saying, this is what he's saying. Um, he's saying that before, before this point of faith and union with Christ, before that moment in time when we entered into relationship uh, with, with God, had a living relationship, were saved, uh, however you want to say that, before that, he, John, John is arguing that we, we were God's sheep even at that point. So, so to show you kind of what is problematic about that view, um, let me point out a few things. Uh, um, and, and if you've watched my videos that I've recently did on Ephesians 1, these are sort of similar concepts, but, but I think they're worth repeating. So, so this, what I have listed out here, these are descriptions that the Bible gives us of what people were, who they were, the condition they're in, the way God saw them and defined them before this point in time. So we have a biblical view. We have, uh, and there's so many more descriptions besides these that I've provided here. But what these are here is a description that the Bible gives us of of the way God viewed us, what he, the way he defined us uh, during this period of time uh, before faith. So outside Christ. So uh, Ephesians 1, 13 through 14 says this, it was when we believed that we were sealed in him, we were marked in him, and we were included in Christ. Um, it was uh, before that. So in this period of time, the way that God describes us is as being outside Christ. Uh, then we can look at Ephesians 2, 12, that kind of confirms this, where it says that before uh, it's talking to the Gentiles, but it says before faith in Christ, before they, they came to God, that they were actually separate from Christ. Um, and so we know that, again, this period of time represents a time when God looked at, looked at people and he, he said that they were separate from Christ. At that point in time, they were dead in sin. Uh, they, Ephesians 2 goes on to say that they were without God and without hope. So, so again, this period of time, according to the Bible, is a period in time wherein God defined these people as being without him. They, they did not have God. They did not have relationship with him. They did not have uh, any, any sort of connection to God, um, which, which obviously, you know, how could they, at, in as much as they were in sin, in rebellion, and, and hadn't yet come to God through faith? How could they in any way have a relationship with God in, in any form at this point? So it describes them as being without God. Uh, Romans 8.1 says that those who are in Christ are not condemned. So the conclusion of that is that those who are not in Christ, who are separate from Christ, are condemned. So at this point, God looks at people and he says that in as much as they have not reached this point in time yet, this union with Christ by faith and repentance, that they are condemned and they are defined as being children of wrath. Uh, that's Ephesians 2 as well. 
where at this point in time, God defines, uh, the Bible defines people in this stage, not as sheep, uh, but he says that they're, they're not his children, but they're actually children of wrath. The people in this point in time, before faith in Christ, according to the Bible, rather than being defined as children of God at this point, they're actually defined as children of wrath. Uh, wrath is their father. God is not their fa the father of these people in this period of time. Um, Romans 9, 26 and other, other places uh, say that uh, we were not God's people. Uh, it says that God will, in that place, that those who are not God's people, who are called not his people, he will call them his people. So again, we know that in, in this period of time, when God looked at us, the way he defined us, was not as his own people, but he defined us as not his people. Uh, and then obviously in that period of time, we were disobedient and unbelieving um, because obedience and belief did not come until this point when we heard the gospel and believed. And so, so again, to clarify, John Piper, what he's saying is that in this period of time, even though these, this is the description the Bible gives us of, of what people were in this period of time. But yet at the same time, John Piper, his view and, and what Calvinism puts forth is that even in this time, God defined us as being his sheep or his people or his own, his elect, his chosen ones, that we belonged to God at this period of time. So what I'd say to that is that when you look again at the, the, clear descriptions that the Bible gives over and over. And like I said, this is just, these are just a few here that I'm giving of many more that we could find. Um, this is the description of what people were before faith in Christ, before this period of time when there was a living relationship with him. Um, again, first John says that whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son does not have life. So, so to not have the son, to not have a relationship with him that is living uh, to not be in him, uh, in biblical standards, is equivalent to not having life, which which is a short way of saying all of these things here. There's spiritual death. Spiritual death, to be dead in sin, means that you're separated, separated from God. Absolutely. Can't see how there could be any sense where these things could be true, where at the same time it's fully true that God looks at us as his own people, as his chosen ones as his sheep, as his children, uh, all these descriptions uh, that, that uh, Calvinism would put on people in this period of time before faith in Christ, where, where then you'd be having people in this time frame before faith and repentance somehow being uh, simultaneously uh, children of God while at the same time being children of wrath, uh, somehow simultaneously being not God's people while at the same time, in some sense, being God's people. And I just think that's that's something the Bible does not allow. It doesn't leave room for that possibility. You're either in Adam or you're in Christ. You're either, you're either dead in sin or you are alive in Christ. You either are God's people or you are not God's people. Um, I think the, the, the burden would be on uh, Calvinism to supply scriptures that show us that you can be simultaneously dead in sin and not God's people, not belonging to God, while at the same time belonging to God and, and being God's people.
thinking again about John 10, we know that there are sheep. There are sheep who are said to belong to God that God gives to Jesus. And so what does that mean? Who are the sheep again? How do we become sheep? And and does God simply predetermine who his sheep are and are not? So in other words, this would be the Calvin, Calvinism's perspective that we just looked at, where it would put us being sheep prior to uh relationship with Christ and, and really prior to re- real relationship with God through Christ, it would have us somehow being God's sheep uh, and being God's people belonging to him prior to faith. And, and so in this first video, I simply wanted to answer this question here. Um, and and uh, I think the obvious conclusion, when we look at the way that God describes people prior to faith and repentance, prior to relationship with Christ, there is no possible way that we could say that people were God's sheep, his people belonging to him before they actually entered into a living relationship with Christ, before they had Christ, as 1 John would put it. And so in next videos, I'll uh, answer these next two questions, which are who are the sheep and how do we become sheep? Today, what I want to look at is actually answer the question of who I think biblically the sheep actually are. And and when we see that mentioned, that uh, when we're defined or, or compared to being God's sheep in the Gospel of John, what is he getting at? Who are these people and how do they become sheep? So I'm going to read this passage again and then we'll get into answering that question. John 10, 25 through 30. Uh, Jesus is talking to the Jews and he says, I told you and you do not believe the works that I do in my father's name bear witness about me, but you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Uh, there, there are those who are presently at that moment in time. They, they were Jesus' sheep. They did in some, some way they did belong to him. And, and these guys, these Jews who, who he's talking to, they do not believe his words. They're not receiving him. And Jesus says that is an indication that is a clear um, indication that you are, in fact, not my sheep. If we look back at John 8, I think it brings a lot of clarity to answering this question of who the sheep are. So it's, it's Jesus again talking to the Jews and they answered him. Uh, this is John 8, 39. They answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. So this is just really, this is another way of saying uh, what we saw a minute ago, that if Jesus said, if you were my sheep, you would be believing me. The fact that you're not believing me is a fact that you are not uh, my sheep. Uh, and, and so that's what he's saying here. He, he's saying that you're not doing the works of Abraham. If you were truly Abraham's children, aka if you were truly my sheep, you would be doing the same works that Abraham did. Or, well, well what works did Abraham do? He believed, right? So if uh, uh, we see that this is a clear parallel. If you were my sheep, if you were Abraham's children, you would be believing me like Abraham did. You would have faith. You would, If you're children of Abraham, then you will do the works of Abraham, which is to walk in the footsteps of the faith of Abraham. And so immediately, 
I think this is starting to bring a little bit of clarity as to who the sheep are that uh, Jesus is talking about in John 10. Uh, let me finish out John 8, and then we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more. So in verse 40, he says, uh, you would be doing the works of Abraham if you were his children, but now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the, the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. So Abraham did not try to kill. He didn't lash back in, in rebellion against God, but rather he believed God. Uh, you are doing the works your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. Um, and so again, this is the same thing. You would love me here. Love is equal to belief. And, and again, here being a child, a child of God is equivalent to being a, uh, a child of Abraham. And so I think we could also parallel that to John 10, where being, being a child of Abraham, being a, uh, a child of God equals being a sheep of God. And we know that being in any one of these categories will result in love for God and will result in uh, faith in God. It will result in believing God, as Jesus says in John 10. It will result in doing the works that Abraham did. If you're really God's sheep, you will believe. And so these guys are claiming that God is their father. They're, they're claiming that they belong to him, that they know him, they're obedient, and they're walking with him. And Jesus is saying, well, your response to me shows that you don't love God. And in essence, what he's saying is, I am God. You're claiming that you, you love God and you believe in God and you know him and he's your father. And now I'm here. I've shown up and you don't believe me. You're not accepting me. This shows that you, you're, you're lying. You don't really know God. You don't really believe him. You haven't really been walking in obedience to him because your reaction to me when I actually show up uh, in front of you and your reaction of, of rejection and disbelief shows that you, you're not really walking with God because I am God and I'm here in front of you and you're rejecting me. If you, if you love God, you would love me because I am God. Uh, he doesn't say that, but I think that's the implication of what he's saying. So then he goes on uh, at the end. He says, your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. Okay, so considering that, who are the sheep? Who, who can rightly be called a, a God's sheep, a child of God, a child of Abraham? Well, again, I think if we consider Abraham, uh, what we just looked at brings a lot of clarity, and I'll explain why, and, and what I'm about to talk about, I think, brings a lot of clarity. So let me ask the question, could Abraham, was Abraham a sheep? Let's say, obviously Abraham died long before Jesus actually appeared on earth, but Abraham was a sheep, right? Let's say Abraham was actually alive uh, when Jesus was born and when Jesus started his ministry. And let's actually say Abraham, maybe he was disguised. He, he was there in the midst of that crowd. Abraham would be rightly defined as one of the sheep, right? Uh, even though a Abraham had been walking with God, right? He had been believing God 
when Jesus actually then showed up on the earth, if Abraham had been there, what Jesus gets at in those verses we just saw is that Abraham would have openly embraced Jesus and received him and known him and recognized his voice. Well, why? Why would, why would Abraham have been a sheep and recognized the voice of Jesus and believed him? Well, because Abraham was already walking with the Father, right? He was already believing the Father. Abraham was already a sheep of God who was obeying the voice of God, who was listening to the voice of God, who was following the voice of God. So naturally, when, when God show, would show up on earth, if Abraham had been there, Abraham would have naturally recognized God's voice. He would have naturally recognized God as his shepherd in the voice of Jesus and would have gone and continued to follow him in the person of Christ. So considering that, what we can see is that the sheep of God aren't those who God has predetermined from before the foundations of the earth to be sheep. Before Jesus appeared on earth, there were those who were already walking with God in faith and obedience. Um, I don't think anybody would debate that. I think uh, even the disciples would probably fit into that category, that uh, many of them were probably, uh, you know, faithful Jews and and probably had a measure of faith in the light that God had given them. Uh, And regardless of whether that was the disciples or not, um, I think we know that there were people, you know, there were people like uh, there were people like Zacharias and, and people like Mary, the mother of Jesus, and, and uh, people like uh, John the Baptist, uh, people that had faith at the time. They already had faith in God, even though Jesus wasn't, they had no conception of, of Jesus Christ, the person yet. They, they didn't know the full details of who the Messiah was. Um, and, and so, but what they were doing is they were living in, in walking in the light that God was giving them, that they already had, that they were walking in relationship, uh, with the father. And ultimately they were, they had always been knowing and believing in Jesus, uh, because, because as we saw, like Jesus says about Abraham, that Abraham rejoiced that he would see the day of Jesus. So in as much as a person in the Old uh, Testament uh, was walking with God, uh, they were walking with, with Jesus, even though they didn't have the full details yet of who he was. And that was the case of Abraham, that, that Jesus said that Abraham rejoiced, that in as much as he was actually, he was walking with the Father, right? He was walking with God, he was believing God, he was obeying God's voice. And, and Jesus uh, correlates that and, and equates that to having been really with walking with him and, and rejoicing to see him and, and really trusting and hoping in him. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't that Abraham had all the facts about who Jesus was and, and knew all the details about that. But, but Jesus says, uh, he says that him and the father are one, right? So if you are walking with God, the father, you are, you are walking with the son. Um, because they are one. You can't, you can't be believing in and walking with and having a relationship with one without being in a relationship with the other. And so what that means is that when Jesus actually showed up on earth at, at this point in history, that prior to that, and at that same time, there were already people who were walking with him, that were already walking with God, right? They were already sheep who, who knew the voice of God and were following him and obeying him. Uh, they, they were like Abraham, who, who 
were children of God, right? They were walking in the footsteps of the faith of Abraham. Again, they didn't have all the information about who Jesus was, about who the Messiah was, about what that, all that would look like, about what their redemption would be. But they were trusting in God and they were believing, really, they had faith in the gospel before even knowing the full details of the gospel because they were believing God. And to believe God is to believe Jesus. That's the, that's the argument that you constantly see Jesus making in the Gospel of John. And, and really, I think that's uh, a huge emphasis of John, uh, because you see that kind of language in, in his epistles, too, where he, he talks about, if you receive the Son, you will receive the Father, and vice versa. And so I think that's really what Jesus is getting at here, is that he's saying, look, if prior to me coming, if you were amongst the people who were truly gods, if you were really in obedience, if you were really righteous, uh, if you were really my sheep, then uh, if you're really the sheep of God, right? If you're really the sheep of God, uh, then when I, God, show up in human form and stand before you and am talking to you, you are going to recognize my voice and you are going to, you're going to hear me, you're going to receive me because you're already my sheep. You've already been walking with me. You've already been uh, following my voice. Um, you, you've already been, uh, you know, David. David would fit in this category. If David had been alive, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, right? I shall not want. So God was David's shepherd. And so again, if David had been alive at this point in time when Jesus showed up and started preaching and teaching, well, just like Abraham, David rejoiced to see his day. He would have gladly embraced Jesus. He would have, rec he would have recognized his voice uh, again because David had been walking with God as his shepherd. And, and, and so when God shows up on the scene in the form of Jesus, obviously David is going to recognize the voice of his shepherd who he's already been walking with. Who are God's sheep that belong to him, as referred to in, in John 10? God's sheep in John 10 are those like Abraham, David, Joseph, and any other saint of God. You know, the Hebrews 11, the, the people of faith who, who believed God and obeyed him by faith, um, who walked before God in obedience and faith prior to the full revelation of Jesus. God had given them a certain amount of light that did not include the full light of who Jesus Christ is. They received and walked in that light. They were following the voice of God already. So now when God showed up in human flesh, they would naturally recognize his voice in the person of his son, and they would continue to follow him as his sheep. This reference here should actually say John 645. That is a typo. But but in John 6.45, um, um, and Jesus says, It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard, uh, let me highlight that there. So everyone, Jesus says, everyone who has heard, uh, hearing in the Bible is often synonymous with faith. So everyone who has heard and learned or listened to the Father comes to me. I think here in John 6, we're seeing Jesus confirm everything that we're saying here is that at the point in time when Jesus showed up on the scene, there were those who were already hearing, believing, and learning or listening to the Father. And so when Jesus showed up, they would naturally receive him because they had already 
uh, been walking with him. Um, they, these people had already been hearing and believing God. And so again, when God shows up on the scene, they would naturally receive God uh, as their shepherd because they would recognize his voice. So to contrast what I'm saying and who I'm saying the sheep are with the other side, I want to look again at a quote from John Piper from an article that he wrote called Before You Believed, You Belonged. And so here he's, he's, this quote comes in when he's referring to basically all the things that we had to look forward to uh, as believers, eternal life and, and whatnot. So he says, all this is sure, all the benefits we get as believers, uh, all this is sure because before we belong to Jesus, we belong to the Father. Before we listen to the truth, we belong to the Father. Before we believed, we belong to the Father. Before we were drawn to the Son, we belong to the Father. And before we were willing to believe, we belonged to the Father. So let's look really quick at a few verses that tell us at what point in time we actually do belong to God. When does the Bible actually say that we uh, can rightly be said to belong to God? And is it before or after faith slash uh, having the Spirit? So again, what John Piper and what Calvinism would argue for is that prior to faith, prior to receiving the Spirit, we belong to God. Um, and so John 1, 12, it says, But to all who did receive him, uh, or believed, to all who did believe and receive Jesus, who believed in his name, uh, actually it clarifies it right there, to believe is to receive, um, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So according to this verse, the clear order is first is receiving and believing, and, and it is after these these things that we are given the right then to become uh, children of God. Galatians 3.26, it says, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ. So uh, we, there's a, in order to be a son, again, in order to, to be given that right, uh, to enter into, to pass through the doorway of Christ, that door that must be passed through in order to get that right, in order to be given this, this uh, title defined as a son of God, we have to come through faith, which obviously means faith comes first. If faith comes before being a child of God. That, that's just, there's no way around it that that is the clear biblical order of things. Um, 1 John 3.10 says, By this, the children of God are distinguished. Uh, and this one's really interesting that I just kind of came by on accident as I was preparing for this video. Uh, but it says, The children of God are distinguished from the children of the devil. So there's children of God, children of the devil. And then it says, Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God not of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. So I would encourage that the, the articles that I brought up, the, the quotes I, I mentioned from John Piper, I would encourage you guys to look at that article and, um, 
and look at what he says in that in that same article. Um, he he talks about how to be God's sheep is equal to being of God, um, which is what we're we're seeing here brought up in First John. John uses that terminology a lot to be of God or to be born of God to to be God's sheep. And in that article, John Piper basically equates all of these things as being the same. So to be of God equals to be God's sheep. To be of God equals belonging to God. To be of God equals being God's child. So let me explain here why that becomes a gigantic issue here. And it's already what we've been talking about, but, but, but listen to what John says here. He says, by this, we know the, the children of God. Um, I, I was circling the wrong place there. This is where it says of God. Um, so th- this is how we know the children of God, uh, how they are distinguished from the children of the devil. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God. So if we follow that reasoning, Again, John Piper in his article, he directly correlates this terminology of, of somebody who is said to be of God, that that equals being uh, God's sheep, or that equals, uh, it's, it's one and the same as belonging to God or being God's child. So to be of God equals being God's sheep, according to John Piper. But listen to what this is saying. It's saying that anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God. Yet what John Piper clearly argues for in that article is that while we were not practicing righteousness, while we were absolutely refusing belief and faith in God, dead in sins, um, and all those other descriptions that we, we gave, even while we were practicing unrighteousness, he would say that we were rightly defined as being sheep or rightly defined as being in the category of of God. This verse just immediately, clearly, simply makes that an impossibility. And this, I think, makes really clear what I've been talking about is that you cannot simultaneously be God's sheep while at the same time not being a sheep. You cannot simultaneously be practicing unrighteousness while being said to be of God, or belonging to God, or being his sheep. It's one or the other. You're either practicing unrighteousness, you're either an enemy of God who's practicing sin and, and, and a child of wrath, not belonging to God, or you are one who practices righteousness and you do belong to God. You are his sheep. You can't be both at the same time. You're either one or the other. And what I think John Piper clearly argues and, and uh, the conclusion of what he says in, in that, the article I mentioned and many more that I was looking into is that you can be simultaneously not practicing righteousness uh, while being said to be of God or God's sheep. And I think that is just and impossibility. Um, again, if you want to read that article, article from John, I will post the link to that in the description of this video so you can read some of those quotes for yourself and hopefully uh, see some of the issues there with what he's saying. Um, and then finally, Romans 8.14, answering the question of when do we belong to God according to the Bible? 
Uh, is it before or after faith? Romans 8.14 says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And so Galatians, we know that uh, we receive the Spirit not by works of the law, but by the hearing with faith. So the Spirit comes, we're born again. It's Ephesians 1 also that after having received the, the message of the gospel that we believe and then we're sealed with the Spirit, the Spirit comes to dwell in us after faith. And, and according to Romans 8.14, it is those who are led by the Spirit of God who, who can rightly be called sons of God or God's sheep. You cannot be God's sheep. You cannot belong to God. You cannot said to be his son uh, or his child, except that you have the Spirit of God who is leading you. Because it is only it, here he gives a clear category of people that there are those who are led by the Spirit. There, there are those who are not. It's the same thing that John is doing in this verse here where he says there's two categories of people. There are those who practice righteousness, which would equal there are those who are led by the Spirit, right? To be led by the Spirit is to practice righteousness, and there are those who do not. And it is only those who fit in the category of practicing righteousness and being led by the Spirit who can rightly be called sons of God, or to be of God, or to be God's sheep. And if you are outside of this, if, you, if this does not define you, if you are not one who is led by the Spirit, if you are not one who practices righteousness, then it cannot be biblically said that you are of God, that you uh, are a son of God, or that you are God's sheep. And so I believe with all that, the Bible is very clear that those who are God's sheep must have been those who were like Abraham, who were already walking with God. They were sheep, uh, not, not because of uh, a predetermined before the foundation of the earth election that they would be sheep while the, the rest of mankind would not be. Um, that's, that's just not what John's argument is about here. That's not the analogy of the sheep that he's going for. That's not the purpose of it. Uh, the sheep, again, if we just look at if we look at John and we see the way he, he references Abraham over and over in, in these conversations is that Abraham was a sheep because he was listening to God, obeying his voice. And if Abraham had been alive when Jesus came on the scene, um, Abraham was already being shepherded by God. And so if he had been on earth when God, his shepherd, appeared in human flesh, Abraham would have naturally, uh, he would have naturally believed and accepted Jesus because he had already been following him. He had already been listening to him. Jesus was already Abraham's shepherd. And that's why Jesus says that Abraham rejoiced to see his day. And then he goes on to say, before Abraham was, I am. So all that is to say that to, for Abraham to have been following God as, as his shepherd, which he was, he was following and obeying God, believing him. God was his shepherd, just like God was David's shepherd. Um, that is equivalent to Jesus being Abraham's shepherd. Um, and so, so the sheep of God in John 10 um, are not those who God predetermined to be sheep, again, while leaving the rest of mankind to damnation, but rather the sheep of God simply um, are those who, when Jesus arrived on earth, they had already been in a state of hearing God, 
and learning from him. They had already been listening to the Father. They had already been responding to him. And and so um, they had already been being shepherded by God so that when the great shepherd appeared in human flesh, they would naturally recognize his voice. Thank you for listening to the Great Light Studios podcast. To find more information and resources or to watch our films, you can find links in the show notes of this episode to our Facebook, YouTube, and other social media accounts. If you want to support this podcast and myself in continuing to produce content through Great Light Studios, you can find links in the show notes of this episode to different ways that you can give financial support. And also, would you consider leaving a five-star review on this podcast? Positive reviews go a long way in helping to get this content pushed out to more people. 